Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 95. Sarah and I are very excited to be talking with Tiffany Dufu today. We've uh, both read her book, Drop the Ball, and of course, she's been doing other great things since that came out a few years ago, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, But the end of the school year is coming up with its blitz of end of year activities. Sarah, how are you faring with all that? I'm okay. I've got two different schools this year, and I guess I will for the foreseeable future, actually, because Genevieve will be in her own little school, in quotes, next year. But no, it's a lot because there's kindergarten events, and then it seems like the Mother's Day events, I mean, this is airing past Mother's Day, but they're kind of mixed in there somewhere. And then a bunch of sort of end of year performances, which happen to come at a very, very busy time for me at work right now as we're trying to finish up a year of residence and onboard new ones. So yeah, I'm I'm mildly frustrated with my calendar right now. <laughs> well, it's also that you need time you need to know ahead of time because like you, you know, you can't just like easily move patient visits. I mean it's not, you know Yes. That's actually a big part of it. If they could just 
And I get maybe they just can't. But if if by January we could just know what all the dates were so I could work around them, it would be wonderful. I can't be the only person that this kind of thing impacts, but somehow the end of the stuff always seems to get thrown together and you get an email in mid-April. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I have patients and and the patients have their own things that they've probably scheduled around. So they're not happy to be moved either. So um, it causes a bit of a mess. And and you, you had mentioned in your notes, um, feeling sometimes judged if you miss an end of the year event. Yeah, I'm debating this upcoming event at Cameron School. And I feel like if I don't go, they're going to say something or at least think well, why, something. Why do you think that? I know. And why should I even care? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. Is it me or is it them? Yeah. Because um, I, I mean, don't it's have not proof. the end of the world. I, it seriously isn't. I mean, there will be end of year events every year, it turns out. <laughs> so that is true. No. And I said I had resent that um, I didn't think my husband would be judged for, yeah. <laughs> for not being there. No, that's true. If, um, if, if, well, and, 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 you know, I, I've, I, we generally try to have one of us there, but you know, sometimes it, it doesn't work, but yeah, I, I've, you know, I probably go to more of them. Uh-huh. His take on it was that I also, that I should not worry about it either. Was yeah. that if we can't go to something that it's probably no one cares in the long run Well, maybe he's right. I'd like to think he's right. Yeah. And if, and if, you know, you can always do something special with your kid at another point too. I mean, you'd be like, well, we're going to go out for this special evening together. You know, I couldn't do it during the day, but maybe there's something you could do Yes, uh, if it's something that they, they care about. Yeah. That is so true. Do you have a ton of stuff? You've got four in different places. That's yeah, gotta be got four in three different schools. You know, it's, it's not too bad. I, w- there's somewhat limited performing arts stuff. Uh, we've got one choir concert, one um, recital, but the the recital, you had an option of like six different days you could go in. And on those six different days, there's like two shows a day. So you could even say the earlier show or the later show. So that was not difficult to find a time that would work. We have a like a, a tea in the the preschool that I, I've scheduled some things around. So, but it just said, you know, send one special adult. So I was like, well, if it, it's not me, like our, our nanny oh, could I love be when the they special say adult. Special adult. Yeah. I love that. No, our, our school has not done that, but that's okay. lovely. That yes. opens up the door to so many options. So many other special adults. I mean, grandparents or, or a caregiver, what, you know, a neighbor, what, I mean, it could be anyone, right? Like but some special adult for, for this child. So that's, that's always a great way to, to get around that as, as well, if that's an option. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it not being too bad. I'm the, I'm the room parent for one of my kids' classes, and so I think I need to plan an end-of-year party. But uh, I've got that day marked off, and I, in fact, marked off the next days as well because when we didn't know how many snow days we would have, right? That's the, that's the problem. The end of the year, the end of the school year can move. And so maybe you, that's why it often doesn't come out so far in advance. People yeah, are worried it may yeah, change. Yeah, for us, I mean, that's it. I mean, you guys don't have snow, although you might have hurricane, hurricane days, days or, or I don't know, whatever <laughs> cockroaches take over the school days or whatever happens in South Florida. <laughs> like that many cockroaches? I mean, I don't know. It's probably similar to, to New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of bugs every time I've been there. <laughs> True. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive into uh, Tiffany Dupu. Well, Sarah and I are excited to welcome Tiffany to the program today. Tiffany, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm Tiffany Dufu. My life's work is advancing women and girls. 
Wonderful. And Sarah and I both read your awesome book, Drop the Ball, a couple of years ago, uh, and your evolution from being the overworked, overworked mom to achieving a partnership. So it's been a few years now since that came out. I, I'm sure those of our listeners who've read the book, how have things gone since then? Were you guys able to maintain this good system or, you know, how, how's everything been? Well, it's been great. So, you know, Drop the Ball was a journey that I had to go back and really reflect on in hindsight. I dropped the ball about 10 years ago now. And I went back in time because I was getting so many questions from women about how do you create a life that you're passionate about? How do you manage it all? And I felt it was important to go back far enough in my own journey before I could afford to outsource anything because I think there are a lot of women who are at that point in their lives and careers. And I wanted to really tackle the nitty gritty of how I had to reshift my own perspectives and my own expectations around who I was in order to really free myself up to be able to do what I'm doing now. So it's been really rewarding. And in a lot of ways, uh, my partner and I have switched roles um, in ways that, you know, now I'm kind of like, you need to read my book. <laughs> you need to drop the ball. Um, he's like, but then who's going to pick them up? Cause you've already dropped the ball. <laughs> Just we could all drop the balls. That was one of the lessons from your book. I think when we did your, your, your exercise, it was in our particular household, it was like, and by the way, to remind everyone, actually, can you remind our listeners about that very famous part of your book where you and your husband went through a, an exercise that was very impactful to many people. Of, of listing all the things yes. you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this was a very important um, moment in my own journey, but also a very important moment in the book because um, like many readers, I read books and I believe the person who's writing. <laughs> and so, you know, this whole idea that this woman is very busy and she's got this husband who's really not pitching in the way that he should, you know, you kind of believe that narrative until you get to this point in the book where I basically had what I call a Tiffany's epiphany <laughs> at work one day when I was leading a team in delivering a new project. And my first inclination was to put the team in a room to determine what needed to happen in order for this project to be a success and then to distribute roles based on our gifts, our talents, our skills, our abilities, our functions. And it was great. And I was walking home that day thinking, you know, I don't manage my home the way that I manage at work. It doesn't occur to me to think about our skills and our talents and our gifts and our abilities and our schedules and thinking about who's going to do what. I just kind of do it all. And so I thought we should do this at home. And so we just completed an Excel spreadsheet. I started off by writing all of the things that I thought were required in order for our home to function smoothly. And it turned out that when I sat down with my husband and I asked him if there was anything missing from the list, there indeed were things that were missing that he did that I didn't know that he did. Um, and there were a couple of learnings from that exercise. One was the fact that I had just listed tasks on the list, but he listed job roles. So like one of the things he added to the list was botanist. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I water all of the plants around here. <laughs> you know? 
And then he put travel coordinator. And I'm like, travel coordinator. He's like, yeah, like you don't even know your frequent flyer miles. You know, I'm the one who researches, you know, the tickets when we go on vacation. I'm like, okay, okay, you've got that. Um, but I think the another the other insight was we had to create a column that I wasn't anticipating called the no one column. Because when you go through the process of actually detailing everything that you feel is required in order for your home to function smoothly, and you do it with another person, you realize that no no two people or three people or four people could actually accomplish everything that's on your list. So we mutually agreed that there would be tasks or roles or jobs that neither one of us would have the capacity to do and that we would be okay with that. So it would prevent us from blaming the other person if the car wasn't washed, which was one of the first things that that ended up in the no one call. I'm like, who cares? We live in New York. It's not like we're driving in LA in this fancy car. So it'll just sit there and it'll be dirty. And it'll um, rain occasionally, right? So <laughs> Exactly. I'm folding the laundry. Like, you know what? It could just be in the bin. We could just pull socks and t-shirts like out of the bin. I, I think it'll be fine. Um, so that column was important for managing our expectations of ourselves, but it also turned out to be an important column in engaging our community because people ask you, if you're paying attention, people ask you quite frequently, do you need anything? Is there anything that I can do to help? We kind of, by habit, decline. Oh no, it's great. Oh, it's all good. But when that no one column there, we actually had tasks that we could assign to other people. So, you know, if a neighbor was like, hey, I know that you're traveling, you guys seem really busy, like, is there anything that I can do? We're like, yeah, our car is really dirty. <laughs> you can, can drive you, like, it through. Can we give you the keys and can you take it to go get washed? Well, of course, when you actually give people things to do and they feel like they're supporting your family and your journey together, they then start doing things without being asked. Yeah. And that's how you build a community of support. That's wonderful. Yeah. And and I'm sure that's been, I mean, that sort of segues into our, our topic of what you're doing now in terms of the communities of support. So you have this fascinating book come out. You do a lot of speaking. I know I've seen you all over on the speaking circuit. And then Tiffany decides, hey, I should start a business. So why don't you uh, tell us what, what led to this and, and what you're what you're doing now? Yeah. So I mentioned at the top that my life's work is advancing women and girls. And, you know, what that really means for me is that I'm here to serve them and to answer questions and to help solve problems. And I felt that the best medium for answering the question, well, how do you manage it all, was a book. It's kind of a long, drawn out story. I felt there was some humor there. I felt that I could take women on a psychological journey. But the next question that I started really getting from women was around this idea of a village. It was this idea of community and how do I build that? Um, so I've been proselytizing and kind of evangelizing this idea of a crew for a couple of years now and telling women, you know, you don't have to lean in alone. You were never meant to. We all need scaffolding and really encouraging women to develop a community of women who can help hold them accountable for their ambition, who can help them create plans and help them execute on these plans. And I kind of would give it as a pep talk, you know, at the end of all of my conversations with women that reach out to me. But last year, about this time, 13, 14 months ago, I had a woman who at the end of my conversation with her, when I was giving my pep talk about how you needed to find your crew, she pushed back. Um, she kind of became visibly frustrated. And what she said to me was, Tiffany, 
I understand theoretically this idea of a crew. And I believe that if I had one, I could move my life forward. But honestly, by the time I go to enough cocktail parties, conferences, events, introduce myself to enough strangers, collect enough business cards, then schedule the coffees, the teas, the lunches. By the way, I had to take off work to meet with you at 10 a.m. in the middle of a Tuesday, you know, on a Tuesday. Um, then somehow curate 10 or 12 of these people to form a crew, like organize gatherings and put forth our ambitions and goals. Like I have a full-time job, Tiffany. I have three kids. I have a mom with a diagnosis. I have a dog. I don't have time to find a crew. So is that all you have for me? That That's it. Go find your crew. And I had another one of my Tiffany's epiphanies, you know, in that moment and just gave her a hug and said, I'm so sorry. I will help you find your crew. And that is how this began was me realizing that women were coming to me with a pain point, just like they were coming to me with how do you manage it all? And that I was offering a solution, but not in the medium that women needed in order to actually move their lives forward. So I I was like, well, I'll just launch a business where I help women find their crew because that's, you know, what Tiffany does. And I just created a, a site. I got my crew together for a photograph. And basically, it, it's kind of simple. You apply to become a member of the crew. And our algorithm matches you with nine women in your city based on your personalities, your values, your demographics, your goals. The 10 of you then become a crew and you collaborate to meet your life goals together. So it's like having an accountability partner, but 10 women doing it together. You interface digitally. So there are in your intentions, your goals, you upload those to our portal. Your crew can see that you said you were going to lose 10 pounds. Your crew can see that you were going to ask for a raise <laughs> um, and your actions against them. And you also meet in person once a quarter. I That's love awesome. that there's an in-person component because I feel like, yeah, the virtual mentor is wonderful, but when once you bring the real life uh, part to it, that's got to be so powerful. Do you have do you have like different careers mixed all together, or do our people tend to be in the same industry? It's they're very heterogeneous crews by design. So you're with a group of women you wouldn't otherwise have been with or met. So women from different industries, different racial, ethnic backgrounds. What you have in common is obviously you being attracted to the values of the crew, your geographic location, and likely your industry, the level, right? Um, Got it. You tend to be peers. But other than that, you are beautifully matched together differently by design. Yeah. And so our listeners know this is crew C-R-U, right? Get the spelling right in case they're looking this up. Exactly. Findyourcrew.com. And, and, and so and because you've got an algorithm for this, this isn't just Tiffany going in and playing matchmaker, then right. you, you will be able to scale this. To, yes. to, what's, what's your vision for, for the crew? Okay. Uh, and, wh- and where are we now? Yes. How many crew members? Yes. So we um, launched in May. We all launched the first application round in May. Um, we matched 100 women in the pilot. We have 700 women on a waiting list. So we didn't wow. match everyone. Um, we're learning a lot about the experience. But we're going to bring in 1,200 women the next round. So we launched oh another goodness. application round in May. Uh, and the reason why my voice sounds so terrible is because I have been in back-to-back investor meetings raising my seed round for the crew. So my voice is fragile. 
Fragile. Yeah. How's the experience of, of raising money been for you? I mean, because this is that's that's different from what you've been doing before. Yes and no. So okay. for me, the process has been great, um, but I have several advantages. And one of them is that I spent about 10 years of my career as a nonprofit fundraiser. I raised money. Uh, I was a major gift officer for Simmons University. I raised money for a girls' school. Um, I raised money for a nonprofit called the White House Project that trained women to run for office before I ran that organization. So uh, I have a lot of sales experience and experience raising money. And truth be told, raising venture money for a startup is easier than raising money from philanthropists. Because um, you have something more maybe tangible to pr hopefully promise in return, I guess. Or? I think there's several things. I think one is that the motive is uniform. Every person you talk to in this, you know, venture space wants something X return on an investment. You don't need to try to figure out, did their mom have cancer? You know, what, what are they concerned about? What do they care about? I also have realized that many more investors and companies are also founders themselves. That's how they came to be VCs. And so they have respect for you as a builder. They know what you're going through. So they add tremendous value and they don't waste your time. You know, very few philanthropists have ever started or run nonprofits. So they're not as familiar with the world. And so the process of raising money in this new space is much more founder centric, where when you're raising nonprofit dollars, that process is much more donor centric. Yeah. So you see this being like really big, like sort of almost social networking combined with in-person networking. Is, is that how you're pitching it to yeah, them? That's, I mean, that's the future. That's not how I started it. I thought I was starting like a little membership organization. But as I listen to the members and as I learn from them and as I adapt to what they want, it's very clear that the crew is the future of social networking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. So we, uh, you know, be the next Google here or not the next Google, <laughs> next Facebook here that we're, we've got Tiffany on. I should also mention that the other reason why it's going well is because I have a crew. Yeah. Right, of course. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm sponsored. I have people who have made introductions for me. I have people who even the crew themselves, the women in the crew have become part of my crew. They, they are like, if you need us to talk to an investor about our experience in the crew, like call us, which I have. And several of them have had conversations with investors. So I've, I've, I know that when I have a problem, the first question I ask myself is not how am I going to solve this problem? It's who's going to help me solve this problem. And um, people have been amazing. And it's not yeah. just because of me. If you ask, people will be amazing. But the courage to ask is the hard part. That's definitely hard. Yeah. And, and having a crew, I mean, it's sort of this, we always talk about the importance of, of mentoring, but what you're getting at with this is like, there's a lot of peer mentors. Yes. That, that having that peer relationship is often incredibly, I mean, can you just talk a little bit to, I mean, our listeners about why that's so important for your career? I think it's incredibly important and it's particularly important early on in your career because over time, as you and your peers grow and mature, in your careers, what you're going to find is that transactionally, you become the power players, right? So it's important to cultivate that group of people very early. Mentors uh, are great. They're people who can help you achieve clarity through guidance and encouragement. I have my sage mentors. They've been around the block more times than I have. 
They give me really amazing feedback. And early in your career, sponsorship is also important. People who are senior, more senior than you in the organization who expend their capital on you. But I think that having a group of people who proverbially are climbing the mountain with you and, you know, you're kind of at the same level and you're all harnessed to one another. So if somebody falls, it's like, okay, I got her. And you're kind of climbing the summit together. That is also incredibly important so that you stay relevant. You know that you're not going crazy. You know, sometimes my sage mentors, they were involved in my industry 20 years ago, you know, and so some of their information and their knowledge isn't as relevant. I think that the peer grouping is so important. I see. I'm actually so good timing for me to think about this because I'm headed to a conference where I'm going to be seeing a lot of the people that I was with medical training with. And I feel like residency process, it's a little bit of a automatic crew situation. And I definitely see what you're saying about the value of making these relationships when you're lower on the totem pole. And then as each person rises, you're pulling each other up. I've already like potentially found a job, for example, for somebody that I trained with previously, but she probably wouldn't have made that connection. And now that I've been where I am a few years, I can be much more helpful compared to back when back in the day. But you know, not every industry has such an automatic grouping like that. So that is fantastic. And I can also see how in that millennial generation, it's just going to be it's going to be huge. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. So Tiffany, we'd love to hear like what a day in your life looks like now. Um, our, our listeners always love to, to hear about that. So how to remind everybody how Tiffany? old your children are now. You have yes, two, correct? Yes. My daughter is 10. My son is 12. I start my day getting myself ready, taking my daughter to school. I try to do that as many mornings as I can when I'm not traveling. Our son's in middle school now, so he rides the bus. Um, and, and gets himself to and from school, which is great. On any given day, I'm doing a combination of things that help me execute my passion and purpose for advancing women and girls. I might be on a call with one of my committees for my boards. I serve on the board of Girls Who Code and Simmons University. Um, I might have a speaking event. Fortunately, I did not have one of those today. <laughs> but this voice, you know, sometimes I have to travel for those. So my, my days, I do a lot of traveling and my days often involve travel. Because I'm the founder and CEO of a new startup venture, most of my time is spent executing on the ground. You know, uh, in the beginning, you're everything. You're the customer service representative, your fulfillment. Earlier today, I was at UPS sending gifts, um, you know, mugs to all of our members. So, you know, I'm doing whatever I need to do to move things forward. In the evening, I'm sometimes helping out with homework that's relevant to me. So I get assigned if somebody has an essay or a book report that's due that usually gets thrown at me. I read those. I have dinner, usually, unfortunately, not with my family, but on my own, whatever I can, you know, grab from the refrigerator at the end. Um, every night I spend way too much time dancing. Uh, I put on my Beats headset. Uh, last night I spent two hours dancing to Beyonce's Homecoming album. <laughs> I should have been asleep. My voice needed me to be asleep. But you know what? Every, you, it's so important to know what brings you joy. And regardless of the stresses, regardless of the challenges, when I put on that Beats headset, and I turn on Shakira, Beyonce, Janet, Madonna, one of my power sisters, and I get to move in my body, not only do I engage in physical fitness, it just 
brings me so much joy and I feel like I can do it again the next day. So last night I didn't get as much sleep because I got distracted with that, but that's what a day looks like for me. <laughs> that's amazing. That's like, Very I, realistic. I had the energy to like <laughs> dance to Beyonce at <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. I got to work on that. I had to tap some of that. <laughs> Well, Tiffany, we we always um, do a, a, as part of our episodes, we do a love of the week. So, I mean, it may honestly be Beyonce's homecoming. That could be fine. That could be your love of the week. Oh, your Beats Um, headphones. (laughs) Oh, Beats headphones. We'll give you a minute to think of it. Sarah and I can go first. Um, So, uh, Sarah, Sarah, what do you have for us? Well, that's not really fair because I just copied mine off of yours. But, um, well, we were talking <laughs> no, about no, our hobbies and both Laura and I are into running. And, well, since you're going to give yours, I'll say I really enjoy every once in a while just splurging like crazy at the local running store. Even though sometimes I do order my shoes on Amazon, it, it can be really fun to kind of get that royal treatment and have them – you know, quote unquote, match the shoes to me and pick out an outfit and feel like I'm supporting a, a small business. So I'll say that. Yeah. And that's always good. I was going to list my, uh, my Brooks running shoes. I, I, I get new running shoes from time to time. And I, what I love about these, is I just put them on and run. And it's like, I did eight and a half miles the other day and it didn't feel like I was breaking in a new pair of shoes. So, you know, that's, that's always a good thing. So, um, all right, Tiffany, how about you? Um, is this just something that we love? Is it like a physical item or an experience? Anything. It could be an experience, a type of weather, anything. (laughs) So I had an experience this week um, that I will cherish for so long. I was recognized by an organization called Girls Leadership that was founded by my friend Rachel Simmons. And what they do with the honorees is ask you. So when you accept the award, instead of just giving a regular thank you speech, they ask you to bring someone to the event that you want to thank that has helped you realize your power and your voice. And I brought my mentor and my sponsor and my political mother, Marie C. Wilson, to the Girls Leadership event on Monday. And she founded the Ms. Foundation for Women and grew that. She co-founded Take Our Daughters to Work Day. And even though I'm smart and I work hard, there's hardly anything in my bio that isn't made possible because of Marie C. Wilson. And to be able to stand on that stage and give her honor and express gratitude and let her know that every day I was going to continue to work my ass off so that the entire world got a return on the investment that she made in me was love, love, love. That is wonderful. That's an awesome love of the week. Yes, that's probably one of our most inspiring loves of the week that we have had. Well, Well, this... Yeah, Thank no, you I was so gonna much. say like You're, I'm not yeah. kidding. Like at least a year ago, I was like, I love that book. Drop the ball. We have to see if we can get Tiffany on, and this has exceeded expectations. So thank you so much <laughs> for speaking with us today. No problem. And if our listeners, they should check out it's thecrew.com, right? It's find your you. crew. Findyourcrew.com. Find your crew. Okay, find your crew, and it's crew is C R U. So check that out, and what Tiffany's up to now. So Tiffany, thanks so much. Thank you. So this question and answer comes to us from Instagram to our Best of Worst Worlds feed, which just a reminder, you can subscribe to and you will get details on each week's episode and can leave your comments there. So this person asked, what do you do about bedtime? I have a nine-month-old daughter who has been going to bed around 8.15, but it seems like she might need an earlier bedtime. I usually don't get home until 6.15, so I feel like my already limited time with her is going to be cut even more. 
My hesitation to leave work earlier and finish up after she goes to bed has been that a lot of my most helpful collaborative conversations with my law partners seem to happen at the end of the day. No, that's understandable. I mean, certainly people like to say like, oh yeah, on your way out the door. I, I was meaning to mention this to you. Like so for some reason, people don't seem to think of this earlier in the day. Although I think there's a lot of other ways you can you can look at this question. Sarah, did you want to did you want to start in with your sure yeah, and I agree with you. It's it's amazing how many actually non-trivial things do tend to come up at the end of a meeting or at the end of a day. Which is interesting. It must be human nature for some reason. Um, but my initial thought was: Is there any way you can try to just work on shifting her schedule a little bit by manipulating the environment? If you control light cues, you may be able to get her to just sleep in later and go to bed later if that is going to work better for your schedule. I mean, it may not if you have to leave or if you have to drop her off somewhere, but if you have a caregiver that's coming to the home and she's still passed out when the caregiver gets there, maybe maybe that's okay if you feel like you have better quality time with her at night. I've also found if my kids nap later, then they tend to lap longer and then that can extend the bedtime um, at least you know, within reason. You're not going to be able to get uh, most nine-month-olds to comfortably stay up till 10 p.m., but maybe if that last nap, you know, starts at 2.30 or 3 rather than 1 or 2, you might sort of be able to stretch out the entire day a little bit. And then finally, I've always found that morning quality time, if anything, can be more fun than evening quality time because kids are less fussy, they're less clingy. You can get your coffee and just kind of play with them and talk to them. So don't discount that, that extra morning quality time. Yeah, I would say that as well. Like, and plus, like two hours in the evening is not a short amount of time. By the way, I, like I don't know why she's got the story that this is like already short and already so limited. Especially if she is seeing her baby in the morning. Which I mean, my children woke up at the crack of dawn. Like, uh, it's entirely possible that the kid is up at six and she's leaving at eight. So they've got two hours in the morning as well. Uh, in addition to these two hours in in the evening, which you know, if she needs to go to bed at seven forty five instead of eight fifteen, okay. Like, I, I feel like that's not a huge deal, um, especially if you are getting that that morning quality time, too, and um, your time on weekends and um, then, you know, having that hour and a half in the evening with her. So I, I would say this is not necessarily needing to be a huge source of stress. There is no one number where you are a good mother if you spend two hours with your kid in the evening and you are not a good mother if you spend an hour and a half. Um, so I, we should we should maybe explore these stories and, and where they, they come from and, and all that. You know, that's said, if you can also with with the work thing, um, you might be able to get people to have these conversations earlier. I mean, one reason they're probably having these conversations when you're leaving is because that's when you're circling around and talking to people. You're like, okay, see you tomorrow. Oh, by the way, hey, did did you get your answer to this? Go have a conversation with them earlier. Why not circle around after lunch being like, hey, how's it going? And, And then you know, when people see you, this thought will occur to them earlier. Um, and, and so you could have those conversations earlier in the day. And, and then also, you know, think 168 hours, not 24. I think Sarah had put something about this in her notes. But, you know, maybe you decide to stay really, really late two nights a week and then leave early three days a week, right? Like you can have really productive conversations, co- productive conversations over dinner or something with some of your law partners uh, two nights a week and then leave much earlier on, on the other three and sort of work the same number of hours, um, have the benefit of being seen there really late if that's important in your office, um, but then also still preserve quite a bit of, of family time as well. So all things we can do. All right. Well, this has been Best of Both Worlds. We've been talking with Tiffany Dufu with all her great ideas on on making work and life work. We'll be back next week for more on making work and life fit together. 
Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.